Praise the Lord, somebody. God is good. God is good. Come on, if God's been good to you, which put your blessings together and praise God. Talk today from the subject um, keys or foundation to a thriving marriage. I do know that we have a, we have married people here, but I also know that we have a lot of unmarried people. So I am going to talk primarily in the context of those of you what you need to know in order for you to have a thriving marriage. And those of you who've been married, um, I pray and hope, and I know that you guys are do living good marriages, I pray and hope that this will be an encouragement and a refreshment to you. Somebody say with me, thriving marriage. Thriving marriage. Um, thriving is my word. Even before it became popular, I love the word thriving. So keys to a thriving marriage. And then next week, we're going to see keys to a thriving uh, um, household. Basically, in other words, children versus parents. So this part, family, marriage, then children and, 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 and parents. So this is the part. Are, are you guys with me? Don't make me be up here by myself. Are you guys with me? I know Carter's with me. Amen? All right. Would you join me in prayer? Gracious God, I thank you for your word that is true and amen. Lord, speak to our hearts at this moment. Father, I believe this is very pivotal for this generation, for our lives. Lord, um, in spite of my frailty and humanity, use me so that the words of my mouth, the meditation of my heart will be acceptable to your sight. I pray this will be a blessing to somebody, to everybody. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thriving marriage. Thriving is one of those eight words. Um, everybody wants to thrive. Um, as a matter of fact, I have this unpublished book that I have um, written from surviving to thriving. If you grew up Haitian American, as most of us are, um, I, I know some of you are straight up Americans, but I apologize. Um, if you are Haitian American, like all of us are, you understand that most of our parents, they came here with a surviving mindset. If you first generation Haitian Americans, you realize that your parents came here, they didn't speak English, they work, they took whatever job necessary, and some of y'all, they sent back to get you from Haiti, and some of you were born here, but these people they are surviving in a sense of, and, and you may now frown upon them, but their survival has to do with the fact that they came from nothing or they came from an oppressive regime in Haiti and a country where it's like if they are able to thrive, they are a threat to a lot of people. So therefore, they ran as fast as they can. They took a boat risking their lives and they come here and when they come here, they made a decision that they're going to do whatever it is necessary for them to survive in order for them to gain something. That survival or that surviving mentality only propels us, the next generation, to thrive. Are you guys with me? What they've done 
a lot of a lot of you may not know your parents did high education hate, but they may take a blue collar job so that they can pay the mortgage. And let me tell you how good God is. This is uh, this is for free. Let me tell you how good God is. And I said this many times in Bible study. Even though they are surviving, but due to their faithfulness to God, God still allowed them to thrive. They're still married to one another. It's not perfect, but they're still with each other. And, 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 and if you observe some marriages like I do, listen, you, you know, most of you would know that your mom knows your dad's favorite things. He goes to the grocery store. She doesn't have to ask. He will just bring it. These are some of the things that you see now. Yeah, do they argue? Everybody argues. You know, you know my, my thing is this. Teeth and tongue will reside inside of a mouth. Every now and then, the tongue gets in the way of the teeth. Guess what happened? It gets, it gets, it gets, you get a bite, right? But, in spite of their surviving mentality, what we would call surviving mentality, God has given them a foundation that they set for us, for us to thrive. Now, as I am speaking of this thriving series, thriving family series, we come to a text, Ephesians chapter 5. If you have your Bible, Leave it open. Open your Bible. Ephesians chapter 5, verses 21 through 33 for today. Verses 21 through 33. I'm going to read it from the New King James Version. That's the Bible that I got with me. Hold on, hold on. I might have the NIV. NIV, there you go, NIV. I'm going to read from the NIV version um, for you. Ephesians chapter 5. Um, that's not the text yet. Uh, um, I'm just reading the whole text. This is what it says. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. By the way, whenever most people teach on this part of sub, uh, um, Ephesians, most people skip verse 21. But just remember verse 21. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Wives, submit yourselves to your own husbands as you do to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife as Christ is the head of the church his body, of which he is the Savior. Now the church submits to Christ. So also wives should submit to their husbands and everything. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing, cleansing her, by washing with water through the word and to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. In this way, husbands are to love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. After all, no one ever hated their own body but they feed and care for their body, just as Christ does for the church. For we are members of his body. For this reason, a man, a man will live his father and mother and be united to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This is a profound mystery, but I am talking about Christ and the church. However, each 
one of you also must love his wife as he loves himself and the wife must respect her husband. The word of God is already blessed. So, a thriving marriage, keys to a thriving marriage. Let me tell you right off the bat, if you don't get the prerequisite for this class, you're going to fail it. If you do not get, uh, I remember um, uh, uh, some classes, if you wanted to take calculus, you have to take pre, are you guys with me? You have to take pre-calculus. And most people are not smart enough to just jump from Algebra 2 to calculus. At least that wasn't my case. Okay? Tell the truth from the devil. So you have to take pre-calculus. Now, when it comes to a thriving marriage, if you skip the prerequisite for a thriving marriage, you will not have a thriving marriage. You may end up in a divorce. Now, 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 the keys for you, my people, is that I want you guys to understand this because here is the thing. This is not Pastor Perry's theology. This is Bible. So this is Bible. I don't care whatever misconception that you may have, misinterpretation that you may have, we're going to kind of dispel it right now. All right? So if you remember last week when uh, Dr. Vida was preaching, and he said, uh, he came to verse 18, and he said that, Do not be drunk with wine, but filled with the Spirit. That's a key prerequisite for a thriving marriage. Because even before you get to submission, to the submission for one another, you have to understand the filling with the Spirit. In other words, a spirit filled woman meets a spirit filled man and they get into a relationship the two people who are spirit filled spirit led they decided that they will now submit to Christ verse 21 are you guys with me verse 18 if you miss verse 18 where it says be filled with the Spirit, you got a problem. Because the problem that now it becomes when it says, do not get drunk on wine, which caused you to be a vagabond. That's what it is. That's what it means, debauchery. Because if you get, if you get tipsy, you do things that you don't remember. Can I get a witness, somebody? Okay? But it says, be filled with the Spirit. When you are filled with the Spirit, you are no longer the one who caused the shot. What fulfills you is what guides you. What fulfills you is what dictates what you do. That's why it is important, I don't care what level of Christianity you find yourself into, it's important for you to be Spirit-filled. And the reality of it is this, most of us, what we've done, we shy away from the word of God, therefore we can be filled. The word of God is what fills you up. 
If you are not in the word, if it's your own interpretation of the word, if it's your own uh, um, concoction of the word, then it ain't happening. As a matter of fact, the devil loves when you do that. Because you're forever going to be bound. Guess what can set you free? It's the word of God. The truth of God. So the truth in the matter is this. You, young lady, you, young men, you must be filled with the spirit. Because what happens is this. When you are filled with the spirit, it says in verse 21, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. The word reverence here is the word word phobia. It's not fear, but rather it's revered. Children oftentimes fear their parents when they are wrong. But but see, when you are a child of God, you are not afraid of God. You do what God asks because you have reverence. You esteem him high. If you respect God, if you love God, it's easier for you to try to do what he asks you to do. So, so then, both now the spirit-filled men and the spirit-filled women, they are submitting to Christ. Why are, why are, why they are submitting to Christ? It's simply because Christ is the head of his church. And last time I checked, you don't have your own church. Christ is the head of the church. So, 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 that is foundational. I don't care how fine the, 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 the bay may be. I don't care how I rip the boo may be. If he ain't spirit filled, if he ain't submitting to Christ, gotta go. www.gottago.com. They gotta go. See, see, the problem is this for most of us, what we are okay with is like we go with our eyes. And our eyes can deceive us. She may look fine. I'm not saying, listen, can I tell you something? When people are spirit filled, they are sexy. But you're not helping me, but it's okay. When people are spirit filled, when people are, listen, listen. Nothing is more attractive than when a young lady is sold out for Christ. Nothing is more attractive when a young man is sold out for Christ. Because here is the thing. Because that young man or that young lady is sold out for Christ, you know that they're going to protect you. So, 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 we, we, we oftentimes, we heard the word submission, we jump. We jump because we have a world view of interpretation. The world is what dictates us. So because we are submission. Like, submission. We're in 2023. What you talking about? Submission. Uh, come to Bible study. They're probably going to kill Dave and I. But the problem is this. The devil wants you to be upside down because when you don't understand submission, when you don't understand that reverence for Christ, then you now think you call the shot. And therefore, the devil's okay with you doing what you do because when you keep doing what you do, you only fall in the same trap over and over again. You're like, how come I can't get a man? Guess what? You won't submit. How come I can't get a woman? Guess what? You won't submit to Christ. How come I'm, how come I'm always attracting this 
vagabond or this body body out there. Guess what? You are submitting to Christ. Guess Christ ain't looking out for you. You are submitting to Him. So, so, so that prerequisite for a thriving marriage. If you miss that, by the way, when I write, when, when the book is published, you better buy it. This is all from my book. When, when you are not spirit filled and you don't submit, then what I'm gonna say next is jibber jabber or it's counter culture to you because it makes no sense. Because now, as we move from, 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 from the prerequisite, now we see the foundation. I'm glad that they're saying, Jay, you end up saying firm foundation, right? And, and, and we stand on firm foundation because now God, Christ, having set what is set forth, now gives you a foundation. And, and those, the, the two things I'm going to run through them real quick and we'll be done. Okay? Now it says, and, and verse, verses, verse 22, 22, and this is the part where most of you young ladies jump. I'm, I'm going to teach you there and I'm going to teach the young men. It says, wives, submit yourselves. You don't even get the rest. Submit what? Submit yourselves to your own husband. Submit yourselves to your, your own husband as you do to the Lord, which goes back to verse 21. Verse 21 states that both men and women submit to Christ. Now it's setting up the hierarchy, which is going to be explained in the text. Because here in this passage, in, in the verse 23, 2 to 24, let me read it and then I'll, I'll, I'll go to the explanation. It says, Wives, submit yourself to your own husband as you do to the Lord, for the husband is the head of the wife, the wife as Christ is the head of the church, his body, of which he is the Savior. Now the church submit to Christ and also, so, so also wives should submit to their own husband. Here's the thing, two words here, submission and headship. Two words. Two words that, that, that basically gonna explain this whole thing. Submission and headship. For you to submit, you have to submit to something, to someone. Okay? Which means, young men, let me holler at you right quick. You the head. Uh, um, I, I, I was reading this, a pastor said, uh, um, check, check, check this out. A pastor said, a young couple came to, to the pastor's office and they're about to get married. The pastor said, um, so what's the uh, philosophy for your household? The young man proudly said, oh, we're going to live together. The pastor said, get out of my office. The pastor said, you're not ready to get married yet. The young man was like so modernized and said, we're going to live together. And the girl was like, yeah. And the pastor was like, nope, there are no two leaders. Um, Tim Keller, the late great Tim Keller, he and his wife, um, they, they, they explained this. Tim Keller uh, um, is a, was a great theologian and pastor. He, he, he pastored the Presbyterian Church in New York. He, he now went on to be with the Lord. Um, his wife' name is Kathy. Uh, um, and, and when they were thinking about planting, uh, I think it's Trinity Presbyterian Church in, in New York. It's a huge church. They have three campuses and, you know, huge church. 
when they were planning on to, to move to New York, uh, I'm thinking about it, the wife did not want to move to New York. But Tim felt that God was calling them to move to New York to plant the church. And then so they prayed. And then so they prayed. So Tim said, well, um, if you don't want to go, I won't go. And she said, mm-mm. You're not going to get the hook that easy. That, that easy. She said, you got to vote. I got to vote. You also have the deciding vote. You're going to get that on your way home. In other words, she said, if you believe this is what God is saying for us to do, then I will submit to you as you submit to Christ. Ain't no co-leaders because a head, a, a, a body with two heads is a monster. Ain't too many monster relationship happening around here where we got two heads. No. Because, it, trust, trust me, I would look very scary if I had another, could you imagine another head? So, so, so Kathy said, no, you're not going to get that, you, you're not going to get, you're not going to get off the hook that easily. You will make the decision as you submit to Christ and I will submit to you. If you ever have a chance, you can Google Kathy and, and, and Tim Keller. You will know the rest is history. See, because the headship of the men is important because as the men submit unto the wife. Now, can I tell you some of the, some of the things? Submission is not submission is not abuse. Submission does not mean that you get abused by somebody. That's not what I'm saying. Because remember, remember, submission is out of who? reverence to whom? To Christ. Ain't nowhere Christ prescribed for somebody to abuse somebody in his name. Because when you don't know your Bible, you get whatever they give you on whatever news media or whatever TikTok thing you follow. Whatever influencer you follow. Can I tell you the influencer you should follow? Jesus Christ. Because his words can never miss can never be misconstrued. And if you follow his word, you will never fail. So submission does not mean that the wife is going to agree with everything that the husband says. However, she doesn't get to give her husband a coup d'etat. Your Haitian, that's in your, that's in your DNA. Coup d'etat, that's in your DNA. Submission does not mean you're trying to change your husband. That's not what it means. You, you know how it is. Oh, I'm going to whip him into shape. You know, I'm going to submit so then he... No, that's not what it means. Submission is simply an invitation for the husband to lead. Submission is an invitation for the husband to lead. Submission does not mean that wife gets her spiritual strength from her husband. That's not what it means. Submission does not also mean that you act out of fear. It is not something that is passive. Now, I, I've always put this premium, this premium. Young men, if you're not ready to lead, don't go look for a relationship. Young lady, it doesn't matter how fine he is, 
He dressed nice like Pastor Perry. Not good enough. I mean, nobody's ever going to be as good looking as I am, but not good enough. But see, the, the, the thing is this. If everything you do is done unto Christ, then it's easier for us to follow along. See, 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 the thing is this. There, there, there are some things that, 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 that we have to know. Uh, the wife, when it comes to submission, put it into this. I, I forgot who wrote this. It's not mine, but I'm giving it to you anyways. Uh, I can't find it. I, I forgot who wrote it. It says this. Uh, um, when we come to the role of the husband and the wife and, and submission and headship, the wife puts her husband's will before her own. The husband puts her wife's interest before his own. Did you, did you guys hear that? Because will and interest are not synonymous. See, 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 the reason why we have this headship thing and people fail to understand, watch, watch this. When God created Adam, Adam realized he was lonely. Because all the animals had a pair. They, they, they had a companion. And Adam named all the animals. And God said to Adam, you lonely? He says, bruh, don't you see? <laughs> I mean, when it gets cold, I need body heat. That's my son. I knew I am well pleased. Um, so, so, so then, God put Adam to sleep. And then took a rib out of Adam and make Eve. Now, for those of you who are biology major, I know I got some nurses up in here. What are the male chromosomes? X and what? X and Y, right? And, and, and women are XX. In other words, women cannot make a gender. If you got married, you're having all girls, it's because the husband is only giving one, only giving the, the, the X chromosome. And then that's it. It's like giving the Y. You want a boy? Pray God for the Y. You know, the Y in math. Right? But, but, but see, God made Adam, Adam named Eve. And Eve was created with a specific purpose to come alongside her husband. Not to lead him, but to be alongside. Why do you think most men who got it, who, most men will look like they got it all figured out? Y'all think Pastor Perry do all this? No. The woman who come alongside of me make me look like this. See, 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 now she is in a role. But 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 for her, it's like for, for for if I do my part, if I if I submit to God, then she submit to me, to my leadership, to my headship. And here here's, here's the thing: if you marry that joker, if you marry that man, you choose to marry him, you submit to him. That submission now, unless unless he's asking you to do something that's anti-biblical, you better submit to that guy because you choose to marry him. But, but see, from the garden, from, 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 when, from creation, God set men on top of 
women ahead. Not because God is this dictator who doesn't like women, who's anti-women, who's old school. No, because God does it in a sense. As a matter of fact, in 1 Peter chapter 3, it speaks of women being the weaker vessel. And not, not in a sense that, not in a sense that men and women are not equal because God loves men and women the same, but the functions are different. You, you, you know how I know functions are different? There's some heavy things you want to lift. You don't. All of a sudden, you're not feminist anymore. You know, some people are part-time feminists. Right? But, but see, there is this thing that I want, I want you guys to know. Um, uh, uh, um, there, there, there's the, 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 the complement, complement, egalitarianism and complementarianism. Right? So those two terms, um, one of them is straight from the pit of hell and one of them is biblical. Okay? So the definition of egalitarianism, in a sense, people said, well, God made us the same, partly true, true, that's true, the same, but God has no different function for us. Whatever you can do, I can do, and this is it. That's not biblical. God simply made, for instance, can I, I cannot bear child. There are certain things I cannot do. We are not equal. In the sense of that, uh, um, the equality here is that God did not set a hierarchy. That's what people, and there's people in the church who believe that. That's straight from feminism. As a matter of fact, now, if you look at it with all the gender movement, you know, that's happening, you, you don't even know what is anymore. But, Complementarianism is what God set forth. God put the woman alongside the men to be his helpmate. Not to be the head, but to be the helpmate. Can I prove this to you? Let me tell you how much a woman don't ever have to be the head. Um, I have a daughter. And most, there's a lot of girls here, so married. Most of you, if most pe the people that have been married here, I remember this, December 27, 2008, it was about 4 p.m. I'm standing here, Clovis is standing here, Pastor Lizzie is standing here, and then we have our groomsmen, they are all line up right here. I'm standing here, and then right down the aisle, my father-in-law, my father-in-love, as I call him, you know, he's walking down with, 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 with my wife, Nerlash, with my fiance, then he wasn't wife yet, fiance, right? Walking down, walking down, and, 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 and I'm standing here, and, and he's walking down, and halfway about here, I came in, and then he gave me a handshake and a hug. And then at that moment, I took Neuralange, and we started walking there. What just happened? She never had to be the head. Because she was, she went from under the headship of her father and transferred to now my headship. Okay, y'all missed it. That's the best I got. Uh, because the point here is that 
the Bible says this, and Paul quote Genesis back in verse 31, if I'm not mistaken. It says, for this reason a man live his mother and father and cleave to his wife. The women, they never said a, a woman live her father and mother and cleave. Because what happens is there's an ch- exchange from her father to her husband. So she's always covered under a headship. God made it this way because God loves women. Now, again, if you are not yet dating, you better look at that guy and say, hmm, is he submitting to God? And he's a spirit filled. So, so, so then, now the women must submit because there you understand the headship and submission. Because there can be submission if there's no headship. And the, 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 the illustration that God gave, Paul gave in the text, it says, the church submits to Christ because Christ is the head of the church. In other words, there is Christ, there's the church, there's the men, and there's the woman. And parenthesis, you only submit to your own husband. Ain't no woman walk around and you submit to every man. No. You submit to your own husband. That's what it, it's in the text. To your own husband. Now, that doesn't mean that you defile spiritual leadership. In other words, there's a covering that's here. The pastor's covers everyone spiritually. That's, that's your spiritual covering. The leadership of the church. But I'm not coming here and tell you what to do, what not to do. I'm telling you what the Bible says. But when it comes to it, your husband is your covering. As a matter of fact, some old school folks, you don't talk to their wife, you talk to their husband. In other words, there are certain things, if you want to say to about my wife, don't go to her directly, come to me. Now, again, if it's something whatever, but in, in some particular way. But the, the thing is this, the wife, that's my wife. She is under my headship. Um, before I got married, I remember, and, and by the way, if you're dating young men, whatever it is, you better go some uh, muscular uh, um, uh, uh, basketball um, to go and ask your father-in-law to be for your fiancé or your girlfriend's hand to be in marriage. You're, you're with me? Is this thing on? You're with me? So I remember I went to my father-in-law uh, um, and, and I said, What with you long? He said, For baby? And I said, well, I would like to talk to you um, and ask you. Um, I was I was free back then. I said, I would like to talk to you. He says, like, okay. So then um, I talked with him, and after that, he called his wife. And I remember I went to his office, and you know, and you know, in Rhode Island, was it 171 Grove Street, uh, uh, um, uh, um, and, and Providence, Rhode Island? I don't remember the zip code, but I remember I went and, and asked, and I said, well. I, I would like, I, I, you know, I would ask for your permission so I can marry your daughter. And I remember he said this. He said, "Il pas un problème manger, il pas un problème l'argent, il pas un problème kai. Parce que c'est job, bam, it's my job. She has no, she likes nothing. It's my job as a father to care for her. In other words, what is he saying? I've been the leader, the head, I've been covering her. 
So if you coming here not able to cover her as I cover her, go. Because the headship there, you, 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 you're going to see when, when we move now to what God now is saying to the men, he says to the men, love. Love your wife. Now here's a, here's a funny thing. Um, submission is you submitting under the leadership, under the headship of the men. But love he gave a whole lot of things. Number one, the love that he gave is the word agape. Everybody know what agape means, right? Sacrificial. And the best way that he can describe agape is that Christ died for the church. In other words, when he asked the men to love, he's asking the men to do something that's much more deeper than submitting. He never says submit yourself to death. But it says to the men, love your wife to the point of death. In other words, if you got married to a man, you got married to a man, like I said this, my wife, she heard something at the door. Honey, I heard something. You know, I heard something. So, so, guess we gotta go, guess we gotta get up and go. You know, I got my 45 in, you know, I go, I go and watch. You know, you guys know what the 45 is? The Bible. Um, <laughs> I, I got my 45 and I go and I, and I go check but, but see he's asking the the, 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 the wife the, the husband to love and, and the love comes with a lot of things uh, um, let me put it to you plainly he says husbands love your wife just as Christ loved the church and give himself up for her make her holy cleansing her by the washing of the, the, the by the washing of the, the, the uh, by, by the washing with water through the word and present her as a radiance and so on and so forth in other words he's saying this love her to where that it's almost as if just the way Christ justify and sanctify his church you're gonna love your wife in the same manner and by the way can I make all the whole theology here plain and simple? The washing, the water, it's not baptism. It's simply the word of God that is washing and cleansing and making sure that the husband has a responsibility to teach the word, to live out the word, to love with the word, so that if the wife would have any blemish, any wrinkle, by the word doing the work, that's why you can't marry a joker who doesn't know his Bible. But, 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 by the way, by the way, can, can, can I tell you, can I tell you this? This whole thing is going to propel us to do a whole lot of things that we've been working on that will be more intentional in the weeks, months to come with you young men, with you young lady, because here is the thing. Ain't no young men who's here under our leadership would not be able to be the proper headship will submit under Christ who is able to love his future wife the way that Christ loved his church. And no young lady was here was going to be like, I'm a feminist. I don't care. No, no. You're not going to be no bougetto, no bougetto, whatever it is. You're going to be a Christ of spirit-filled women who submits to Christ, who understands what the Bible requires of you. Because if you don't live out your purpose for Christ, you're not going to get the blessings that is in Christ Jesus. So he asked the men pretty much to li literally just love your wife and, and, and 
and justify and, 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 and love your wife and, and cleanse her. Watch what he says. He says in the text that if you, nobody, if you love yourself, if you love your wife, you love yourself. Okay? If you, you guys missed that? If you love your wife, you love yourself. Because where did the wife come from? What did uh, Eve come from? Adam. So when, when, I'm, when I'm talking mean, when I'm being mean to my wife, am I loving myself? If I am abusing her physically, emotionally, financially, mentally, am I loving myself? No. Not only, am, not only am I not loving myself, but also I'm not even spirit-filled, nor am I submitting to Christ. You see how it goes back to? And the same way, if you're not submitting to him, to his headship. And by the way, there are some good men who loves God, and I know they may not be sexy to you, but they love God, they, they cherish God, they do what God requires, but you don't find them to have enough mus muscle or their accent is a little too thick. And you go find yourself that muscular, you know, non-accent guy, and they see what happened. But, but see, he says, love, love, uh, um, love, if you love your, if you love your wife, you love yourself. It also says, um, it, it talks about uh, um, nurturing and, and feed. It says, it says to feed. You, you would feed. Uh, um, let, let me let me look it up in verse verse. It says this: So husbands are to love their wives, just as Christ love themselves. Uh, um, just uh, um, as just as his love is on their own bodies, he who loves his wife loves himself. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as the Lord does for his church. Um, I, 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 did the, I did the Greek word here. Um, literally, to, to, to nourish is, is, is the word ektrefo. Uh, um, uh, that literally says out from. It's ek means out from. Uh, um, trefo means to feed. In other words, you nourish out. Or uh, um, you nourish out uh, um, it's almost like to its needed outcome. You're going to nurture or nourish or nurture your wife to the desired outcome that God requires. The only way to do that is through the word of God. That was deep, but I'm, I'm not sure you, you'll catch that. You're going to feed her. In other words, oh, oh, so I forgot, English congregation. You, you never seen when somebody says, a Haitian said, you're too skinny. If they say you're too skinny, what do they do? What do they do? They feed you. That Jesus, that chicken, that griot, I know you're getting hungry right now. You know? They, they, they feed you. They feed you till there's some meat on your bones. Oh, pastel, to was skinny. Oh, before you know it, mm, I mean, they put some manger for you, pastel. You know, what, what, what's that implying? They need some, uh, you know, they need some meat on their pastel, right? So, similarly, when you see when you nourish and nurture somebody, you, you, you basically now you are feeding them so that they can look to what God requires for them to look like. 
That's all men's responsibility. And all you got to do, ladies, is submit. You submit to be fed. You submit to be nourished. Well, watch this. It says cherish. The word cherish literally means warm someone up. In other words, you revive their health. You are nourishing them and you are cherishing them. And you are cherishing them to that they come to the desired outcome, to the health. You, you, you keep someone warm. And, and I make the joke earlier, my son laughed. Literally, you, you, you know, the thing is like, if you are cold, the, the, the best jacket you can have is body heat. You are warming them up. Now, all of this is to say what? All of this is to come to, um, when we talk about the love, think about First Corinthians. This is this love, love, love doesn't boast. Love doesn't envy. You know, love does not, uh, uh, um, anger. It's not easily angered. Love is patient. Love is kind. So, so think about this. A husband, look, look, you gotta be kind. That doesn't mean your wife, you have a license to, yeah, yeah, yeah. Nope. That's not what it means. But the husband has to be kind. I don't get mad easily. That's my wife. I don't get mad easily. If something bothers me, I say it and then I move on. I don't keep a record. But you know, most people who's not loving, what do they do? They keep a record. Love does not keep records of wrongdoing. Because if you are nurturing, if you are nourishing, if you are cherishing, what you are doing is that, listen, she did something that's not right today. And through the scripture, not Bible thumping, through praying, through scripture, you are showing her. That's why she can't be your co-leader. If she's your co-leader, how are you going to correct her? You, you know, most teams, for those of you who play sports, most teams who have co-head coaches never go anywhere. You guys remember when, uh, um, you're maybe too young, Dave, Dave is a big Miami Heat fan, he knows this. When, when they traded for Shaq, there was a young Dwayne Wade that was in the team. Shaq was at that time towards the latter part of his prime. And they had a coach. The coach was Stan Van Gundy. And Stan was, eh, you know, Stan had this voice, eh, and the team wasn't doing what it's supposed to do. Now, y'all know the GOAT. Pat, Pat Riley. Pat Riley. Pat Riley was, Pat Riley was the president of the team. President and general manager. And then Pat Riley looked, come down to global practice, and he fired the head coach. He fired Stephen Gundy in the middle of the year. He fired Stephen Gundy because he noticed that the team wasn't fulfilling their potential. And then he now became the head coach. Guess what? You guys know what the result was that year? They won the championship. The first championship to the city of Miami, to South Florida. Because Pat Riley and Stephen Gundy cannot coexist as co-head coaches. And when he fired him, they paid him off to go. Not keep him on the staff or anything like that. They let him go. 
So the thing is this, with this headship thing, it matters. That's why you cannot be dating multiple people at the same time. And no test drive thing around here. Pray for God to give you the, your, the, your, your, your one. The one who, the one who's got, the one who's gonna be, uh, 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 spirit filled, the one who's gonna be submitting to Christ, that you'll be able, you, you'll be submitting to his leadership. The one who's gonna protect you, the one who's gonna cover you, the one who's gonna, the, the, the one who, who's gonna love you, that he says that love never fails. The one that when your breath stinks, that's gonna be with you. The one that when you gain weight, that's going to be with you. When you lose weight, that's going to be with you. When you pass the test, that's going to be with you. When you fail the test, that's going to be with you. That's going to love you no matter what. Um, now, I'm done. Let me conclude this. What usually happens when this is violated? Um, Dr. Henrik Hemerson uh, um, wrote a book, one of my favorite books, called Love and Respect. Um, in this book, there are two cycles that he talked about. And, and this is, this become the application, um, for the sermon. Um, and also you're gonna see why I, I, I end it like this. Love and respect. In other words, I've said this many times before. Um, if women has a tank that needs to be filled, love is what fills it up. If men has a tank that needs to be filled, respect is what fills it up. Now, you'd be like, what do you mean by superior? Um, typically, what Dr. Emerson said in, in, in the book, it says this, there are two cycles. There are two cycles I'm, I'm going to use. There are three cycles, but, there are two, um, but those two cycles apply for this sermon. He said, the crazy cycle. The crazy cycle is this. Without love, she reacts. Without respect, he reacts without love. In other words, it goes like this. Without love, she says, she says, if he doesn't love me, I'm not giving him the respect. He says, if he doesn't give me no, if he doesn't give me no respect, I'm not giving her no love. So which means the couple goes through this unending cycle where he doesn't respect me, um, he doesn't love me, I won't respect him. She doesn't respect me, I won't love her. But he also talk about the energizing cycle. The energizing cycle says his love his love causes am I right, Clovens? His love causes her to respect. His respect uh, um no, her love, um, his love causing, cause, cause her to respect. Her respect causes him to love. You know what the Bible, how it ends in verse 33? It says, husband, love your wife. And wife, respect your husband. Do you know the word respect is the same word that's used for submission in verse 21? In other words, when you respect your husband, you submit to him. When you love your wife, you submit to Christ by doing exactly what he asks. If you've been married, I hope you were encouraged. 
If you've not been married, you got some work to do. Good news is, we're here to help you do the work. So this week, we talk about thriving marriage. Next week, we're going to talk about thriving relationship between kids and parents. Can I pray for you? Lord, we come to you asking you to, to bless us. Thank you for the fact that we are to submit to you. You are the one that we love. You are the one that we adore. Father, I pray for every young man who are here, married or not married, that they would be filled with your spirit and they would submit to Christ to his word that Lord that they would meet a spirit filled young lady that would submit to the headship and Father that they would love this young lady with all their hearts with all their minds with all their strength with all their might, might. Father I pray for our young women who are living in this place and in this world where culture is what defining what you teach. But Lord, I pray that they would be Bible-centered, spirit-filled young ladies who would in return love you by submitting to their husbands. Father, I pray that you would do this because this portrays what your church is like. And this is who you are. So Lord, may our relationships be different than that of the world. Because we are thriving, or we are called to thrive, because we obey and observe those key foundations. May this be not just theoretical, but practical for all of us. That if there are any crazy cycle relationships, I pray that they would move to the energizing cycle. And I pray for people who are dating and courting that it will bless us, O Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.